welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. We're back again. Another week. We have, we have survived yet another week. Uh, we are back on schedule. Yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> we, ha- we haven't forgotten anything, I don't think. I think I think I think everything's in line. We're we're indeed going to be talking about the subject that we hinted at last week. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about Thrawn. Oh, I thought it was Bad Batch. Bad Batch? Has that come out yet? I don't Yeah, think it yesterday, has. right? I don't know. I didn't text you saying that I couldn't find it, so it must have, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. God that that whole mistake was insane with Bad Batch. I really don't. I don't know what happened, man. Still scratching my head. But um, anyway, we are going to look at the first season of Rebels. That's right. Uh, you know, something this we've been kind of holding off on for a little while now. Yeah, I mean, we, we've there's always stuff to go over, and we oh, are yeah, going to get a little definitely. bit of a log jam here when we get into May with Bad mm-hmm. Batch and then Thrawn. But you know, I mean, why not? It sounded like a good time. It sounded like a good time yeah. to kind of go through it. And, uh, you know, we finished off Resistance earlier earlier in the year. Uh, figured we'd get a little bit more, more anime action on the show. Higher quality anime action at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There he by, goes again. Led by preference, of course. <laughs> Yeah, so again, season one, which was uh, 15 episodes. 24-minute mm-hmm. runtime, roughly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, here was a, kind of an interesting thing I was looking at. The first, well, the I don't know if you want to call this a pilot episode because there were a couple of um, shorts beforehand. The, the short movie premiere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically episodes one and two, it rated a uh, 2.74, so... Out of... No, 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 uh, viewers, like viewership oh, I'm sorry. rating. okay. So essentially almost 3 million viewers. Wow. That's, when did that come out? Uh, October 3rd, 2014. I just thought that was kind of interesting because the reason it's interesting to me is because the drop-off was, like, significant. So was it? Uh, episode three was just over a million, and then it basically settled on, like, half a million sort of deal. Wow. It pretty pretty consistently. Pretty consistently. Season, season two was very consistent. Uh, yeah. It's kind of funny. And then, gosh, season four really dropped down. Which is funny, because that's what everyone talks about. Well, this was doing its run on Disney XD, I think. Yeah. I don't remember. I forgot if it, about that at the time. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was the, the, the thing throughout the entire series, but I, I, do remember, I do remember Disney XD, and I also think that I don't know, probably started my run of not having cable during the run of this show. Really? So where would I have gotten Disney XD? Uh, I wouldn't. (laughs) And would you have really had the motivation not having any idea what this show was like? 
just to uh, search out Disney at the time. Well, it, you know, a little little historical kind of story here. So there there was a podcast called Rebel Watch, and that was uh, ran by a couple friends of mine that, you know, after we had kind of all reconnected, uh, I appeared on from time to time. And, I mean, it's called Rebel Watch because they started it kind of with Rebels. Right. You know, so that was right, kind of right. one of the so was Rebel Watch. And I remember watching... Like it was maybe the last season uh, with them because that's around the time we we kind of reconnect or maybe it was the the I don't know third season doesn't really matter might have been the third season we kind of got back together and started hanging out again. So you started not knowing what was happening at all, basically. Yeah, <laughs> right in the middle. Yeah, pretty much because again, I mean, we didn't have like Disney Plus, and I mean the the DVDs were out and everything, but I. I refuse to pay for the for like TV show uh, compilation, you know, whatever. Blue well, they get expensive. They're so, they get yeah. ridiculously expensive. Yeah, they they are super expensive. I I think I actually have. I'm pretty sure I have all of Rebels on Blu-ray, and then I also mm-hmm. might have some Clone Wars on Blu-ray. But that's like half price bookstore type of thing. Right. Otherwise, you're dropping three four hundred bucks for all the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 probably. Um, but anyway, that show was sort of my introduction to podcasting in general. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, kind of at the start of, of Rebels was really at the core. And then, of course, just all the current news. And there was there was so much going on then, so much speculation. It was a fun time. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that show is is no longer there. That podcast is no longer out there. It's split into two separate shows. So... Yeah. Hyperspace Hangout or um, Flying Casual, right? Is that Mike's show's name? Flying Casual. I haven't heard you mention that one before. I don't think. I I always I always for, I I don't know. There's so much in my brain that I I try and keep track of. I'm pretty sure it's Flying Casual. I I mean I usually have it downloaded, but I haven't I haven't uh, really been listening to podcasts. Like at all, yeah. Flying casual. That yeah, I was right. Um, so anyway, they've split off into two separate shows. Both good shows. You should go listen to them. Um, and they do kind of different things, you know. But they also do current news. I mean, you should listen to us more than both of them. Or anyone uh, we mention, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should you should always make sure you listen to us twice to three times as much as any other podcast in existence, even the big Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest. If you're a true Star Wars fan, are you really watching, like, Star Wars Theory and all of them more than <laughs> us? No, they're all watching Mike Zero. So, oh. goodness, good times. But anyway, yeah, those were, those were, the, those were good times. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I really uh, got into podcasting was through that particular podcast. And then we started our thing. You know, whenever, yeah. <laughs> However many years ago it's been, what just are we talking. At like two and a half now, something like that. Um. Well, I, I think we started either in June or July, so we're actually mm. coming up on another year marker. So I think that that makes three sometime. Wow. Wow. Yeah, kind of wild, isn't it? I wonder how many hours of content we have out there now. 
Well, I mean, it's checking out sometime. We talk a lot. (laughs) It's been elevated because we, I mean, if you remember, God, this is like weird memory lane episode. It must just because it's later in the day or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, there were times when we struggled to really hit that hour mark. Well, remember we were hitting an hour, an hour mark with a discussion of one chapter of a book at a time though. So that's still not that terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Good, good distinction. But even when we were doing like, you know, after we kind of moved away from New Jedi Order and just started doing, you know, current events, content, content, because around that time we were, we were sort of blitzed with the, you know, sequel trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't really want to think about timelines because it makes my <laughs> brain hurt. Well, but, I know one of the first reviews we did was Solo. Well, Probably f- five or six months after it came out. Well, we tried to do solo. Well, yes, it was an epic three-hour tale of just, it was an amazing review. It's probably the best review ever done of anything. And no, Well, uh, to, to be happened. honest with you, and, and again, <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at archives. I, I know we did solo stuff, but I also remember us doing like lead up to Rise of Skywalker because we did the, mm-hmm. the Snoke yeah. theories and everything. So I'm pretty sure we did that first, and then I know we did a solo review, and we we actually re, redid it, uh, yeah. and then put it out much later. But I'm pretty sure that we it was it was basically before Last Jedi that we started doing more of like the current news and events, and remember how we had a structure like well, let's, we had move into, the let's move into let's move into Jedi Council, and yeah, yeah. let's do. Yeah, Holland back then seems so much easier than it is now because news is just so. It just it's hit or miss. I mean, sometimes you'll have an amazing story that we'll actually plan a episode around, but most of the time, before we even start recording, it's like, did you see anything good to talk about? No. What about you? No. We'll we'll skip it. Well, (laughs) that's the that is, in my opinion, the power of movies, like the blockbuster movie. Yeah, because again, yeah. when we were doing that, we had Last Jedi, we had Solo, then we had Rise of Skywalker, like pretty much bang, 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 pretty quickly. Right. And, and we were I, salivating over any little detail that we could, yeah, come up with. Well, the entire Star Wars verse was. It was just like yeah, yeah. Everyone you know, was th- doing theories constantly. It was a good yeah. time, honestly. Yeah. Who who was Snoke? Yeah, yeah. Looking back now, it's like oh my god, we wasted so much time on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean it, it, it's 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 true though. It, there was a lot, there was a lot going on at the time, and it, it's funny because we are facing down a lot of content, yet it feels less busy than it than it did then. Well, it's um, little bites of content. I feel like you know nothing is is a big push to get through it right now. Yeah, and and I also and we've mentioned this before, like some of the new content, it feels like people really aren't talking about it at like at all. No, no, you it's know, weird. I, like I've I've noticed lately, High Republic. You know, it was so silent. I don't know how much you really looked into like reviews and whatnot, people discussing it. But like the first few weeks, High Republic hit. There's just nothing. No one was talking about. It, nobody yeah. cared. And now there's just this onslaught of people saying. It's not even like aggressive. It's just like we're talking about Star Wars stuff. We'll bring up High Republic's like, but no one really cares about that. I mean, it's just a disaster and a, and a, it's just terrible. It's like, well, 
okay, that's a bit harsh. I don't yeah. feel it's a disaster. <laughs> it's not the most exciting thing ever, but like people are super down on High Republic right now. Yeah, I know you were talking about that. I think really the last big thing to hit was was well Mandalorian. Everybody was talking yeah. about that. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean it, it I, feels I re- like there's a split right now between High Republic and like everything that Favaro and Filoni are doing. It's weird. It's like yeah. we have one side defending them and the other side, well, I can't even say there's a side for High Republic cuz I don't see many advocates out there. But it just seems like that's the split right now. Well, actually, and I'll tell you this, if you think back to the books tied to Galaxy's Edge, there were people talking about those at the time. Yeah, yeah, true. And, and not, not I, all good things, truthfully. Well, it, it all depends. It but, bad, I, I, but I think the contrast, though, is, is that I feel like the High Republic is more thorough than, than the Galaxy's Edge tie-in books were. Not that they were bad, it just... You know, they were not as grandiose as stories. And High Republic is is here trying to, instead of just building like a planet, the planet of Batu or like some region, this is an this is basically building an entire era. Yeah. And uh yeah, people just aren't really seem to be talking about it. I'll be interested to see what happens with Thrawn. Um what was our latest um Queen's book? It was Queen's Peril, right? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> we we got to think about that. Uh, I I didn't even really up. remember anything <laughs> crazy happening with that. Like people talking mm-hmm. about that, which I thought was kind of um, kind of ridiculous. Even the I don't know the Afro audio drama that didn't get it. Oh, there I mean, was it got a little on bit. That. I don't I don't remember hearing anyone talk about that at all. Uh, Alphabet Squadron, not much on that. Honestly, though, I'll tell you what. Alphabet has a very strong fan base. A Mm. lot of people cling to that series. It's one of, honestly, I would say it's one of the most popular right now. Just based on, Mm. like, before we did our review, I wanted to hear a lot of other people's perspective of the the series as a whole because I didn't feel like rereading them all, so I figured that'd be a good place to get it. Yeah, no bad reviews of it. People are just interesting in love with that series. Well, I mean, you know, there's a ton of Star Wars podcasts. Like, what are what are what are they all talking about anymore? Maybe we right. should actually start like actually listening. <laughs> be, again. A, be a part of the community a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. interact with others. That'd be cool. Well, it's not even just that. It's just I, you know, my listening has, has been way down on podcasts. Yeah, you know, there there are a ton that I've you know that I subscribe to. I just don't always listen to them it's yeah, not you go through stages not, you know yeah and it's not that i Things don't like the content it's not even boring i just don't feel like it mm-hmm. you know that's weird weird time is there something else to replace it right now or it's just like i, I don't care either way <laughs> um uh, i don't know <laughs> i'm just yeah. i don't know I, I guess i'm just not consuming you know as yeah. much of that sort of stuff as as i was don't know what to tell you, but anyway, we're about 15 minutes in, so how was your week? Not too bad. Pretty uneventful. I swear the past couple months we are so exciting hearing us talk about our weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, there's not much going on yet. You know, I'm I'm just doing, you know, projects and stuff. I take my truck to get that little little bit of rust taken care of. 
Oh, yeah. How'd so, that go? No, I'm taking it in Monday. Oh, you're taking it in Monday. Okay. Yeah. So I'm driving driving her down and checked with them today, make sure they had all the parts, and they do. So they're going to do that. You know? <laughs> Good time to sell it. Sell it. Yeah. Make well, some I money. Don't, <laughs> I don't even own it outright. So... Honestly, you probably could still make some money on trucks are so expensive right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that, though. I've thought about it, but I figured I'd just pay it off and then, like, lease a car. Yeah, yeah. Or something like it's that. It's cheap. Keep, keep the it truck. It is cheap and very, I mean, you don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely autopilot with that. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll see. But no, nothing, nothing crazy interesting at the moment either. Just, you know, bumbling through things and working and mm-hmm. all that good, good jazz. jazz. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything else we want to yak at or you think you're ready to get into uh, season one here? I have been ready. I am excited Sick. for this one. All right. Well... Rebels season one. It's terrible. And it's god awful. <laughs> <sighs> terrible person. Um, Rebels is my favorite cartoon series. I think that they tell very interesting stories. And I think that it tops all the others, personally. I like the characters. Um, and it just, I don't know. It works on a lot of different levels for me. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. I am very fond of Clone Wars myself. I mean, but for different reasons, I would say. The thing about Clone Wars is it helps build on these characters we already love and you get a little more backstory. But with Rebels, you have so many amazing characters introduced. I mean, and you fall in love so quickly with all these characters. I mean, truthfully... Chopper is probably one of my favorite droids in all of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he's got some personality. Um, yeah. You know, just kind of a short. weird fembot. Yeah, sort of. So not, not not a weird fembot. I said. Yeah. So uh, character list. I mean, Ezra Bridger, Kanan Jarrus, Harrison Dula, Sabrine, uh, Sabrine, Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> Sabrina. Witch, <laughs> Sabine Wren. Uh, Zebrelios, Chopper, and then, uh, you know, we, we have Agent Callus, and, and we start to introduce other characters as the season goes, goes or as the, the seasons go by. Um, you know, Captain Rex comes in season two. Uh, Darth Maul is in here in season two. Thrawn, obviously, towards the end. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Grand Inquisitor, there's Vader pops in, Ahsoka, Tarkin, Palpatine, eventually, Erlinda Price, Lando. Uh, the governor, yep, Landis, <laughs> Lando, Saul Guerrero, Mon Mothma, I mean... Old R2 and C3. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, wide variety. Even Wedge Antilles. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, younger, younger Wedge. So, um, we have the... The always entertaining Freddie Prince Jr., who who voices Kane and Jarrus. You know, That's I forgot nice. about that, honestly. <laughs> Most people do. Uh, yeah, Probably it, for it's, good reason. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, 
you know, I think some of the speculation is, is, you know, thinking about the possibility for the Ahsoka series to uh, bring in the, the Bridger storyline. So as opposed to doing something so Ahsoka-centered, uh, you have basically Rebel Season 5. Yeah. In live action. So you start to think about the characters and like, so Taylor Gray voiced Ezra Bridger. And like, if you actually look at a picture of him, I don't know. I mean, why not use him? Right. <laughs> he kind of looks a little, I don't know. I, and and I, I think that they're trying to nail a certain aesthetic. Cause mm-hmm. like, I guess, I guess like ethnically Ezra is kind of like, um, I guess closer to like maybe like Asian sort of, uh, mm-hmm. I guess some of some of it's a bit ambiguous, but there again, so much in anime gets ambiguous too. It does. There's um, a lot of people, ironically enough, that which I don't really see because of the skin color, but um, a lot of people compare him to Aladdin in a way, and they even say like in the first oh, episode, yeah. like call, calling him a street rat and everything. The story is kind of reminiscent of that. Sure. Yeah, there was a live-action Aladdin, too, wasn't there? I don't mm-hmm. think I ever watched that. I haven't either. But uh, Tia Sakar, who voiced Sabine, I mean, honestly, I I could see her just playing Sabine. Yeah, yeah. And, it wouldn't you be know, that difficult. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't see how that would be all that difficult. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I really do think like Vanessa Marshall, who who vo- who voiced Ahsoka, did or enough not Ahsoka, who voiced who who voiced Hera. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, dude, paint her green, man. Give her some lake really? shoes. Just let her. her. Just let her do it. I mean, she's got like amazing like eyes. You know, just yeah. a very like emotive looking face. I don't know. I, I was looks like she's mainly just done voice acting. I mean, pretty wow. Has she done any live action at all? Not much. Not at all. Wow. Really? I mean, Law and Order, like just TV. Oh, she was in Scrubs. Really? Uh, Just one episode. Oh. (laughs) I am looking up this character because I'm curious. It's Scrubs. I probably remember the character. I love Scrubs. Yeah, that was a that was a good. of course, I whatever. I'm never. I'm never gonna find this. It's fine. I don't care. <sighs> oh, they have the episode. Let's look that up because this is this is Star, this is Star Wars, man. Goodness, what was this episode even? Season three. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah, old, old JD has forty eight hours to kiss Elliot. oh that's so funny didn't we find out recently that turk played one of the resistance characters yeah yeah the um i can't remember his name now yeah you know what i'm talking about though yeah yeah well he was one of the ace pilots um yeah yep yeah yeah it's not worth looking up let's just move on (laughs) i'm sorry rabbit hole (laughs) anyway Vanessa Marshall, I I don't know. Just like there's something even about her that I just like just 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 do it. Put her do in it. some face. Just do it. Green, just make her green and let her go. <laughs> I think that'd be sick. 
You said she uh, even has the eyes for it because Harris' no, eyes are so. It's, it's just they put it's a lot just of something. Eyes I mean, look look show. up a picture of her. She just I don't know. I just I could see it. I I could just for some reason I, I see it. And I think like some of these these actors have just been they've just been the voices of so you know these people so long that um, it's just really it's just really hard to to disentangle with them. You know? Yeah, I mean, even with well, like a- a- the Ashley voice. Eckstein is, I was just is gonna probably say, it, it'd be hard to match anything other than you know her just voice acting. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know that there can be a little controversy about it, but obviously, live action Ahsoka I, with Rosario Dawson. I mean, that was sick. right. Yeah, and I, yeah, and that's that's one we had been talking about though for a while before they she even appeared. But um, anyway, so let's let's go ahead and just jump in here to uh, episode one and two, which essentially were the opening episode. Spark of the Rebellion. We meet all of our characters here. Um, We have our crew of the Ghost uh, trying to steal some blasters, and Ezra gets involved here, you know, picking up on an opportunity. And he winds up kind of going off with, uh, with our crew here. Very reluctantly, on both I mean, here, parties' here's behalf. The thing. He he has a crate full of blasters. What is he gonna do with them? Right. Who's like, he selling hey guys, that to? Want, hey guys, you want a blaster? I got blasters for real cheap over here. You know, just no, like no, get away, you. get away from me. You're gonna get me killed. <laughs> it was just, it was so funny. Um, but we do get in the very beginning where Ezra and Kanan both feel each other through the Force, which was um, which was cool. So you, you yeah. get that you get this uh, the storyline which runs through the entire series of Ezra's force sensitivity and and essentially training to be a Jedi and learning that you know Kanan who we see as a Jedi here is you know he, he never really passed for Jedi Knight um, and we we know about his struggles through Order sixty six and obviously. Kanan Jarrus isn't even his real name, but we'll get to that later. Um, and I think that there's there's a nice, like, lighthearted banter about this whole show, too, with Zeb yeah. and, and Ezra and Chopper. Yeah. Sabine's kind of sassiness, you know. It. Hera just punching everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Hera and Kanan are kind of like the parents to like mm-hmm. a, an unruly sort of family. And like you have weird Uncle Zeb and crazy Grandpa Chopper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the children uh, that awkwardly are into each other slightly. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not go that far. I mean, they're, they're not like related, but. <laughs> you were talking about family. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ezra, Ezra, and his kind of lame attempts to hit on Sabine; those yeah. are always fun. You um, know what I smell like? Oh God! So we also get in this these first two episodes where Ezra finds Kanan's lightsaber and the holocron that displays Obi Wan's message to the remaining Jedi. And while on a mission to help save some Wookiees, they realize that they're in a trap, and this Agent Callus comes through and captures Ezra after, you know, essentially Zeb kind of screws up getting out, you know? I mean, yeah. 
Do we blame Zeb for leaving Ezra behind? Yes, I do. The whole crew does, so we should too. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, Ezra is able to open the holocron as he is um, sort of in his cell. Mm-hmm. And that's a really neat moment of seeing Obi-Wan reaching out to, to the Jedi and yeah, you know, effectively telling them that everything has changed. Don't go to the temple, you know, trust in the force. It's, um, it's very neat. It's, it's good to see a little holographic Obi-Wan again. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, we do get a rescue and we also get a really epic moment with Kanan facing down the Imperial soldiers here and, and, you know, they're revealing still, still himself troopers. essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Revealing himself as a Jedi and along with the Wookiees, which we do finally save, yeah. they're yeah. able to defeat agent Callus and his goons and escape. And towards the end of this, Kanan kind of gives Ezra a chance or an option or a choice. Doesn't really mm-hmm. physically give it to them, but I mean, it's, it's implied and Ezra is, you know, basically going to become his apprentice for this time. So it was a good episode. It's a good opening. Yes. To yeah. the series, I think. Yeah, I can see why the viewership on that is so high. It is a very, very good solid two episode arc. Yep. I agree. Well, our next episode, <laughs> Droids in Distress. because Yes, because they have to be in everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Absolutely it, you know, everything. Well, we do get to see some old friends, C-3PO and R2-D2, mm-hmm. who are basically undercover here. Yeah. Of course, only R2 knows that. Undercover droids. Yes. Well, Minister... Um, Minister Tua here has a shipment of some disruptor weapons, which um, seems like it's infringing a bit on another universe, but hey, whatever. (laughs) No, they've never (laughs) done that. They never will. Yeah, I guess. Uh, And we also get a little bit more into the background of Agent Callus as he has Mm -hmm. one of the you know, bow rifles that are used by the Lasats. And we do learn throughout the series that Callus was basically involved in kind of the fall of Lasat and, and, uh, or basically the genocide. Yeah, essentially. And how Zeb was part of, he was like a captain in the honor guard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have a duel, but it, you know, Callus is kind of not, He's he's kind of a little superior at this moment, but Ezra yeah. is able to save him, kind of really displaying his first sort of like use of the force, kind of mm-hmm. instinctively, which is which is interesting. And again, as a reoccurring motif, <laughs> they are able to escape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you darn kids. Um, then we return our two droids to their rightful owner, of course, Bail Organa, mm-hmm. who, um, this is really where we learn how important Bail was to the rebellion. 
the early yeah. rebellion and all of his efforts. And that's why I just, I give so much respect. Bill's an amazing character that needs a little more attention, in my opinion. Yeah. It would have been cool to just, well, God, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you could go deeper with, with the oh, Organas yeah. in general. Episode four, fight or flight. Goodness. This was kind of a fun, it's not goofy. really, it's very what goofy. Was, it, it was not like a story advancing episode necessarily. It was but, later on when you think about it. <laughs> true. But it, it, it's kind of more of a character building episode, which is, yeah. which is nice. Ezra and Zeb are fighting and, you know, I think this was also the episode where uh, Sabine, like, isn't this the one where she, like, the art spray paints her thing. Their room yeah. and all that, like, at the end? Yeah, yeah, they're having this fight because Ezra keeps throwing out there, oh, I saved your life, I saved your life, I saved your life. You owe me a life yeah. debt. And Chopper's just, you know, adding fuel to the fire and Sabine's like, you know what, they're gone. I'm just going to deface their room. <laughs> yes, and in kind of classic tropey fashion... Uh, Hera sends them out to find Meluron fruit, which yeah. apparently is very rare. And which is odd that Ezra didn't know that. And then, like, uh, they have the yeah. realization, it's like, duh, that doesn't grow here. <laughs> right. Well, they do have some, but the entire shipment was bought by the Empire. Oh, no. What, what should is we the do? the Empire doing with Meluron? Eating them, dude. Is it a delicacy? Is that going to Tarkin or I mean, it's, yeah, it's going know. to Papa Pal? <laughs> Who knows, man? But uh, instead of giving up, they decide they're going to steal it from the Empire, and they wind up hijacking a Tie Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> this this was this was cool, um, but. You know, we had the part about the tracking device and, you know, a little fun about, oh, did you disable it? Oh, yeah, of course we Long disabled time ago. Oh, the blue one. No, it's the blue that one. one. It's both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, we also meet another character here, uh, Morad Sumar, who was a friend of Ezra's parents. And... The, the the empire is doing what they do here. At first, they are trying to just buy property, buy land, and then they take it by force. So Morad was essentially being bullied off of his land. Uh, Ezra and Zeb are able to rescue him, and uh, they return to the to the ghost. But after supposedly, you know, crashing the Tie Fighter, right? Yeah, totally, totally crashed it. Yeah. But in the end, they learned a lesson that they were friends Power after all. Friendship. <laughs> they got and then their, there's Chopper, their who didn't learn rings. anything. He's still going to mess with them because exactly. he's a little insane. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> Episode five Rise of the Old Masters. This was an interesting episode to me in, in a lot of ways. One, because of the frustration that Kanan displays when teaching Ezra. Mm -hmm. And then the kind of attempted rescue of Master Luminara. Yeah. Yeah, the frustration here does kind of parallel um, 
Master and Apprentice a little bit. Obviously, that being out well after this episode, but still, it was kind of cool to see another Master dealing with this issue. Just right, kind of right. feeling like they weren't the right fit to train. Well, you know, Luminara is someone we, we saw in Clone Wars, both in the in the movie and in the television show. Mm-hmm. And they essentially, our crew here, are led to believe that Luminara is still alive and being held in a high-security prison. Mm-hmm. So Kanan's idea here is to rescue Luminara and essentially kind of do a Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, well, reverse Qui-Gon Jinn because he didn't Pass actually wind up. the potato. He, he, yeah, he didn't wind up dumping Obi-Wan, but he was close. Um, but yeah, essentially like, you know, moving Ezra over to a real master. And I think a lot of the frustration is really more Kanan, not really Ezra's fault. It's it's more Kanan thinking he's not really worthy to be a master at this point. Well, you know, he really never even got through his own training, so it's right. very understandable why he would feel like he couldn't train someone else. Yep. And let's be honest, Obi-Wan didn't either. <laughs> True. Now, unfortunately... When Kanan and Ezra do find Luminara, she has actually been long deceased. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of using her energy as a projection to trap Jedi, mm-hmm. essentially. And we then reveal the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Ezra and Kanan are really no match. For the Inquisitor. Um, however, they are they are able to escape, and Ezra does, you know, kind of talk with Kanan about sort of his frustrations about you're just trying to pawn me off. Yeah. And we get more of a resolve here that you know Kanan is. It's like, nah, it's fine, dude. We're we're totally cool. We're we're. Yeah, it's like I'll be your master. It's fine. I won't try and pawn you off again. Oh, Master Obi Wan. Hey, do you want an apprentice? Right. <laughs> Yoda, you're talking to me. Hey, by the way, I've got this kid. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to train another one of these little dorks, would you? Oh goodness. But it, it, an interesting episode there. Unfortunately, <laughs> the end of Master Luminara was not great. No. Very gruesome, indeed. Yeah. Well, Order 66 was, was bad for all of them. Smart plan, though, by the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tend to do that. Mm. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Next up, uh, episode six, Breaking Ranks. Uh, this was this was fascinating just that they were able to do what they did in this episode. Mm-hmm. And they didn't... Re- it's like, well, how? Yeah, how, right. <laughs> so Ezra goes undercover 
at an Imperial Academy. So he's he's going in as an adet or going in in debt, going in as a cadet. It's getting late apparently. I don't know. Maybe they had to go in debt to be Imperial <laughs> they stormtroopers. Might. <laughs> they might have. That'd be a good um, scheme. They're working to pay off their debt as stormtroopers. Oh goodness. <laughs> Yeah, student, lo- do that. student loan debt to the that's, academy. Hey, that's how you pay for the Death Star, man. <laughs> Honey, I, we can't, we can't afford, we can't afford it. I still have to pay off my Imperial Academy loan debt. <laughs> You've been holding that over my head for so long. They didn't train you very well. You can't even hit the broadside of the barn. <laughs> Maybe if you would have trained a little bit harder, you would have been an officer by now, <laughs> and we would have been getting paid. Oh goodness. What a terrible, terrible bit of impression we just did. Just terrible. <laughs> well, Ezra does befriend a few of the other cadets here. And and then quickly loses one of those friends. <laughs> true. Well, it's interesting some of the tests they're being put through, right? Mm-hmm. To test their ability. And obviously Ezra has... A little bit of an advantage with the force. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this does get him flagged. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, he, he's almost he's basically doing too good. But in the very beginning, he is he's helping his his friends to com- you know complete these courses, which of course kind of you know, even though Flags this was him again. <laughs> right. Well, I mean this this was a little bit more prevalent with the first order when we when we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Especially with, with resistance, yeah, yeah, and and Tam, you know, kind of helping out fellow pilot, and you know that being construed as wrong in the first order, it's still kind of similar here. You're meant to dominate. You're, it's not really about helping anyone. So even with that, he Ezra kind of learns through this that. I have to I, I have to win. So he does start to uh, leave his friends behind here. Um, but they also flag uh, what was his name? J Kel Kel or Jai Kel? J A I. How would you pronounce that? J A I. Yeah. Uh Jekyll. Oh Kel. J Kel. Okay, J.K.L. Yeah, jeez. You're just trying... Jackal. It's a jackal. Is it a jackal? It's a jackal. It's a jackal. <laughs> you just want God. it to be. Okay. Um, and we also we also get, like, if you remember, like, Ezra trying to... What was he trying to see? He was just trying to steal information from, from one of the offices. It was yeah. a data pad. Yeah, it was it's a like data information pad. on a data pad, and I have no idea what it was. I think they do say what it is, but I I lost it. <laughs> well, I mean, there was it was something about a shipment of kyber crystals. I, I believe was, it? was okay. the end game of it. Um. Anyway, the Grand Inquisitor does show up, and Ezra learns that he's essentially going to be like questioning him and him and you know Jackal here. <sighs> And this is um, this is sort of where we start to get our resolution. <laughs> what a field trip! Hey, let's take a ride in a in a walker. Yeah, <laughs> what a reward, man! Um, and uh, two of our characters who wind up sort of befriending Ezra 
do take take this walker and you know they stun one of the other troopers and and even again even funnier is like here here comes Ezra you know he's like all all the all the um, really gray skinned uh, (laughs) trainers I guess we're like oh look at him he's he's trying to take out the bad guys one on one you know he's he's trying to take on the walker oh look at look at him go look at that kid go um Anyway, again, Ezra is able to escape. Um, he takes he takes Jay with them, and Zar uh, what was it? Zar Leonis uh, winds up staying mm-hmm. as kind of a pseudo spy. And his story was is like his sister, wasn't it? His sister went missing. His sister gets yes. His sister goes missing. She was in the was she in the academy or was she a trooper? I, I think she was in the academy and she went okay. missing. So he was actually more looking for her. He had some ulterior motives, but um, he's still he's still there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other two leave. So that's kind of kind of that. Moving into episode seven, out of darkness, and this one, um, I, I actually view this as a little bit more character building when you think mm-hmm. about it, but. Instead of it being Ezra and Zeb, it's more about Hera and Sabine. Uh, And the premise here is, so the Phantom, right? Phantom is their little mini ship. (laughs) It's the The mini ship that attaches to the ship. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Chopper basically screwing around with Ezra and Zeb, and they forget to do a full rundown of the Phantom. Yeah. I mean, fairly important, I would say. Well, Hera and Sabine head to an abandoned uh, asteroid base on a tip from Fulcrum. And Sabine is like, she needs to know more. Mm-hmm. And she, she feels like she's not trusted, I think. And she doesn't really feel like, like she's being told what's up. And she needs to know more. Yeah, doesn't like to be get, kept in the dark. We kind of get... A few times where she comments like, hey, this is starting to feel like when I was the Imperial Academy. They're not telling me everything. I need to know what I'm fighting for. I need to know that you have my back and you trust me to have yours. Yeah, exactly. Well, en route uh, to the the asteroid base, Um, eventually, you know, they get there, but the fuel leak winds up being a problem. They are stranded on the base, which is infested with those weird creatures. Bat wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of an interesting thing. They have like masks, but they're skin. Yeah. <sighs> interesting. Well, the, I don't know, man. I mean, kind of an interesting premise, though, with the whole they can only be out in like darkness. So, like, if a rock in the asteroid field like crosses over the the sun or whatever star that's there. Yeah. They can't like go out or they can go out and get them. I don't know. I thought that was. They're essentially vampires. Interesting. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. Well, they are able to escape. Um, mm-hmm. The phantom, the phantom was left there, wasn't it? Uh. 
I don't think they took the Phantom with them on, on the. On well, they this get one. it back at one point unless they later buy a new one. But yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Well, um, Ezra ends up going back there later on. Maybe they bring it back then. Yeah, I think that was the point: is that they retrieve it later, but it was yeah. it was left there for the time being because again they're being swarmed by these mm-hmm. bees. So they do have to get out of there, and they do. And and you know again we kind of have this little bit of a growth moment where Sabine starts to get over some of her issues and, you know, Hera has faith in her. So, you know, they're good. Mm-hmm. Quick mm-hmm. problem resolution. It's great. Everybody happy. I guess. Uh, let's see. Moving on to episode eight, Empire Day. <laughs> Empire Propaganda Day. Yes. How great's the emperor, man? Oh, yeah, I love, I love... Empire Day, it's the best day pop, ever. Pops, pops, pops. Yes, what a what a bit of um, what a bit of propaganda. Yeah. So we get we get in this episode a little bit of this um, animal animal power. Yeah, <laughs> because every Jedi has that ability now, apparently. Goodness. Yes, the connection with animals. <sighs> Come on, don't you want to connect with that loath cat? Of course you do, Ezra. Just like do yeah. it, man. It does wind up becoming a pretty big part for Ezra. It's, though, it's, it is extremely along. important near the end. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so we we start to get the uh, new prototype for the tie. Which um, we learn more in the Thrawn books that you know Thrawn is has this program, the Tie Defender program, mm-hmm. that he is trying to get funds for, as opposed to being funneled into the Death Star program, which he learned. You know, Thrawn winds up learning about later. Mm-hmm. And Lothal is one of those planets that is, you know, being centralized for for research into ties and development. And uh, think about this, 15-year anniversary of the Empire's creation right on this day. It's wild. Mm -hmm. And uh, also get that it's Ezra's birthday. And he is also 15. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Start to get more questions. Yeah. Well, we get even more questions as we find a Rodian name of Sibo. Oh, Sibo. Yeah, who is a friend of Ezra's parents and who is like basically a living computer. He is Lobot. <laughs> yeah, probably worse, honestly. Oh, well, yeah. no, you, well, well, he no, can talk, so. <laughs> no, Lobot's worse. We, we know more about Lobot backstory yeah. from the comics, so Lobot's definitely worse off. Man. Poor Lobot. <laughs> Terrible. Um, Sibo C- is an interesting character because, again, he's sort of disconnected from reality, but in reality, he has a vast amount of information about the Empire in his brain mm-hmm. through his implant. Ezra Ezra's mad at Sibo. He kind of thinks that Sibo sort of sold them out, potentially even sold out his parents after it is revealed that his parents were arrested for, you know, (laughs) 
anti-empire radio, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this this is your pirate radio broadcast on WKFM Lothal. <laughs> Rebel Radio. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they had a jingle? <laughs> uh, had some pop drops, you know, just going through there. Have a loath cat meow, you know. God, I don't know. Fart sounds. Oh, man. So anyway, Sibo is essentially, he's not like catatonic, but he... he he is not able to really defend himself. And, you know, we're dealing with a teenager here, man. Mm-hmm. Ezra's confused. His parents are gone. He sees this long-lost friend who who left to go work for the Empire. And it is revealed that, you know, he allowed himself to be implanted with the cybernetics so they could steal information and this winds up being a huge win for the rebels, but he's also being searched for by the Empire. And uh, the ghost is able to smuggle him off a Lothal, which is great, but you're dealing with an entire city full of troopers and you know big imperial right. propaganda day. So it's um it's it's quite a quite a struggle to get him out, but he does and Sibo does sort of regain regain some of his himself towards the end of the episode and um, sort of in quotations reveals what he knows about Ezra's parents. Mm-hmm. So anything more about that episode that you wanted to talk about? Uh, we, we do get a little thing near the end where they're getting attacked by creatures and Ezra is kind of at this point completely unfocused, unable to use any... Uh, semblance of the force and he does end up finally forgiving Sibo right at the end and again it it's a big theme throughout the series Ezra has these little blockages but when he can actually just focus and be at peace he is a ridiculously strong force user and it's already been set up at this point that his potential is insane truthfully yeah so this does bring us into episode nine, gathering forces, and we're not out of we're not out of hot water. You know, this is more of a continuation of episode eight, where they're on the run at this point. So they were able mm-hmm. to smuggle Sibo out, but now they're on the run. Um, Ezra does learn that you know Sibo wasn't able to save Ezra's parents. Ezra lashes out again. Um, and the Empire is able to attach a homing beacon to the ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there was the part where... Uh, I think it was Kanan and Ezra that took the Phantom or something, or, or took, like, Phantom 2 here. I'm forgetting some, mm-hmm. of the, some of the intimate details, but they do detach and, you know, attempt to kind of confuse the, the Imperials. Um well isn't this where they use the little creatures to attack them yeah that's what i'm kind of trying for some reason i'm running into a bit of a block because i'm I'm pretty sure yeah so they do they do go back to that asteroid planet and, and you're right um they are able to use the creatures ezra 
Unfortunately, this is this is very interesting because Ezra is able to summon a, a much larger one of these creatures, but the creatures in general to attack the Inquisitor. But this is Ezra tapping into the dark side of the Force, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I remember I remember him saying, you know, he feels cold and and everything mm-hmm. and. Kanan kind of explains to him, you know, sort of what he was tapping into and why it's dangerous. But right at this point, Ezra's so angry that, you know, this is, this is his reaction in his, in his anger, which is fascinating because it is pretty, pretty big feat there. Yeah. If you think about yeah. it instinctually it to do that. Yeah. And truthfully, there's not many pieces of lore where, Sith lords are able to commune with creatures, so it's interesting that he's able to tap into the dark side and use that ability. Yeah, well, I mean, bending to his will sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they are able to escape, and uh, once they're sort of out of there, Sabine uh, gives Ezra a picture of his parents found mm-hmm. at uh, at the house, so that was nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah. We bring Sibo to uh, Fulcrum, and yeah, that's that's kind of kind of our episode nine. Mm-hmm. Moving on to episode ten, Path of the Jedi. Uh, this is where we get like we get super Jedi on them. Yeah, this is personally probably my favorite episode of the season. I don't know about you. It, it it is a great episode. I don't actually know if it's my favorite. Maybe I, it's it's darn good. But we learn that there is a Jedi temple on Lothal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just conveniently, obviously, yeah. one that just pops up out of the ground. You know, it's it's an aspire. It's fine. It's rock yeah. rock place. Um, but Kanan is is concerned about Ezra and. They are, they they go to the temple. They are using both of their abilities. Are able to raise the temple, mm-hmm. and I guess Kanan's, you know, I guess his his main resolution here is just to sort of even see if Ezra's really ready. It's like mm-hmm. a test, you know. Ezra goes through one of the doors while Kanan sort of stays behind and. Ezra has some gnarly visions. Yeah. That's funny. Before we even get into the visions, uh, he asks, like, it's hard to focus with all these skeletons around. Who are they? It's like, uh, you know, these are just all the other masters that had the same stupid idea I had, and, you know, their their Padawans died along with them. So don't do this to me, please. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. In Ezra's visions... The Inquisitor does show up and, and actually kills Kanan and uh, and the rest of the ghost crew because he, mm-hmm. he sort of flashes in and out of, of the, the temple and into the ghost. And, and again, like, it, it, it's his fears, losing his new family in gruesome mm-hmm. fashion to an unbeatable, unbeatable kind of enemy here. However, we get the helping hand of... Master Yoda, mm-hmm. 
which which is an interesting choice to to bring in here. Yeah, and Yoda both appears to Ezra while his voice, and then also appears to Kanan. Kane and I—I I honestly think that this is as much a test for Kanan as it is for Ezra, probably well, more so. I would say that Kanan gets a lot more out of the communion with Yoda, truthfully. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, he does. He does so much more for him. Yeah, and I—I I also liked that this wasn't like just solely disembodied voice Yoda. That you actually yeah. see Force Ghost yeah. Yoda, like he does physically help them. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was a good choice. But, yeah, I think this gives Kanan a lot of confidence to move forward, which apparently he still needs, and also leads Ezra to a kyber crystal so that he can build his very own lightsaber. Awesome lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, the, the gun saber. Yeah, I love his saber. It's gimmicky, <laughs> but I just love it. <laughs> Well, I remember conversations way back when on Rebel Watch where where the talk was about, you know, about why would you have a lightsaber with a gun on it? Well, he's why untrained. You? Well, it, it, actually, it makes a lot more sense. But, you know, the thing is, is like you're talking about a kid who's being trained by a guy who was never fully trained. Right. So they who also carries a blaster on him and true. It, it does affect him seeing that, I'm sure. Yeah. But it gives him a secondary weapon, something offensive or defensive, depending on how you look at it, while he learns to wield the saber. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's a great idea. And then, obviously, when he gets older and he creates his, you know, kind of lifelong saber, potentially, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't include that forever. But yeah. for the time being, you get a little little stun thing. Mm-hmm. And it is cool. It was a great. It was a. Oh, yeah. It was a really cool original design. Yeah, especially when you get to see its full potential when Caden wields it. It's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, that that <laughs> is true. Yeah, when when Kanan wields it better. You know what? We haven't really mentioned this. I actually really like Kanan's saber. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's, yeah, it definitely I would, has. I wouldn't mind having one that you had to take apart, put back together to. Activate. True. That'd be pretty yeah. sweet. Well, you know, it, it does kind of have the look of, um, I don't want to say like a Padawan saber, but just something that's not fully refined, not fully right. complete. Which makes sense with his level of training. Yeah, exactly. But it, it is, it's really cool. Um, I can't remember if it was Saber Forge or one of those saber manufacturers back when I was looking at that kind of stuff. I uh, did have a really nice replica of it, and I, I did consider that. And by the way, we do, it's brushed over very quickly, but we do kind of get a little nod to, uh, you know, another Jedi of old when he mentions, oh, you just hit that, and then that changes the length of the blade. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you do that. Yeah. You do that, dual face. Yeah, we don't <laughs> talk about that that much. No, that doesn't exist. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, definitely a really cool episode. Let's move on to um, episode 11. I was going to say issue 11, like we're talking comics. (laughs) And this one's titled Idiot's Array. Yes, another kind of funny, not really helping with the plot episode. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And we get Lando, Mm -hmm. Lando Calrissian. 
Um, you know, Zeb. <laughs> was it was it Zeb or was it uh, Kanan who loses in Sabak to? It was Lando? Zeb. Okay. Kanan encourages him, but yeah, Zeb loses. Okay, and uh, basically they bet Chopper, <laughs> <laughs> which if if Lando knew Chopper, it really wouldn't be a very good, you know, pot to win. Well, yeah, but Lando, I think, is really about just winning whatever, yeah, whatever he can. Doesn't matter to him either way. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, there's not much. There's not really much to say about this. Essentially, Lando is trying to smuggle a, like a, a, a pig, like a puffing pig, yeah, uh, pufferfish on, pig, yeah, <laughs> on a lothal that essentially can detect like minerals. It's like and, a, well, it's a mining tool. Yeah, yeah. It didn't and, he describe it as almost like a mining drill of some kind, or was it just to yeah, detect? Um, no, pretty pretty much same thing. Instead of like like a truffle pig, it's like a you know, it's it's like a platinum pig. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go find some some cool stuff. <laughs> hey, look, Lando, I found some coaxium under here. It's great. <laughs> um, so the the job in order to effectively get Chopper back is to smuggle this pig onto Lothal. Uh, which they do. However, we have a run-in with As Morgan, who I'm I'm pretty sure we do have a little bit uh, more uh, to do with later on. But As Morgan, the, the the guy who voices As Morgan was a guy who I thought voiced the um, the uh, the chicken on uh, Resistance. Oh, yeah. It's not, but they have yeah. very. It was a it was a similar kind of vocal performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> that's Morgan, dude. He's got like little tiny, tiny legs. Like, how is he even yeah, walking? Right. I, I, <laughs> whatever. I don't get it. Um, but you know, again, classic Lando making you know bad deals. You know, solo thing to do too. Mm-hmm. And um, again, they're able to drive off as Morgan and his goons with Chopper's help, obviously. <laughs> and um. Yeah, I mean they they kind of kind of part ways. Now this is uh, oh by the way they also steal some fuel from Lando you know as oh, a yeah. payment. Yeah, good times. This is one of those episodes though that people do have some problems with because um, like Lando kind of hits on Sabine a little bit. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was funny honestly, especially Ezra's reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a humorous aspect, but like I, I'm pretty sure Sabine is like maybe maybe a little older than Ezra, but still like like a kid. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so it is, it is kind of like scumbag Lando in a way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it yeah. I I just know that there's some people that get a little weird about that one. Right. So anyway, but yeah, kind of a filler episode, but not bad. Not a bad episode at all. Let's move on to episode 12, Vision of Hope. And this is an interesting one as well because we get a little bit more of the the Force side of things as Ezra has a vision of uh, Senator Gull Travis, mm-hmm. who is supposed to be this voice of, voice of the rebellion. Yeah. Uh, I'm outlaw Senator Gull Travis and... Empire bad, me good. Hey, let's meet at a cool spot. You know, they're on Lothal type of deal. 
But unfortunately, nothing is as it seems. But Ezra is so hard driving in this um, in this episode, and it's important because we see this from time to time where you know visions are not infallible. They can mm-hmm. be incorrect, and you can misinterpret them. But Ezra believes this with every fiber in his body that Gal Travis is going to. I don't know. Help everybody, right? Um, we help also get, <clears throat> yeah. Well, we also get a little mini sort of uh, tidbit from uh, Zara Leonis, you know, our friend from the academy, and uh, essentially, the tip was that Callus is again. He's gonna trap you. He's mm-hmm. he's he's got he he painted the the tunnel. The tunnel on the on the rock cliff, and you're gonna run into it, okay? So don't <laughs> don't run into it, bro. Yeah. Um. And essentially, we do meet Travis. Yeah. However, Gull Travis is another plant. He is not a good person, and he is used to capture rebel cells. Mm-hmm. And he's been very successful at it. He's just a living Luminara, basically. Right. But he, the Empire has been very su- successful at suppressing that fact. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is an important... This is a very important lesson episode for Ezra that you can't, you can't always hold these visions at face value. Mm-hmm. So, but definitely, um, definitely displays the, the young... The youngness in him. Yeah. However, Hera Hera's a BA and outsmarts Travis. So yeah. there you go. Hera saves the day. Knocks him out. Happens a lot in this show. Very true. <laughs> but again, God, force visions, man. When have we ever had a force vision of anything in any book or episode that was just good? Truthfully, who would want a force vision? Because I can tell you right Seriously. now, that is the last power I would ever want to have, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about a power that makes you paranoid and crazy? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, dude, have, have you ever had deja vu before? Yeah. Yeah, It's it can be scary as crap. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not- one of those moments like you have an ex- existential crisis, like, am I going insane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's or, not. Or it's am not I great. just in the Twilight Zone? Exactly. Well, let's move on here to episode 13, uh, Call to Action. And we get to see uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in this mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. called in to deal with the rebels. And you know that if Tarkin's coming in here, bro, whew. Things are getting real now. Yeah. About to blow Bring up some it. planets. <laughs> well, you know, he he he's not very kind to Callus or the Inquisitor. And again, yeah. it's like... It's one of those things that we've always said that, you know, I think we both would have been cool if Tarkin was the main bad guy, you know, yeah, and not yeah. the emperor because I he's mean, good at it. <laughs> he's well, so even the, good at it. Well, even the Inquisitor backs down. Right. He's, yeah. he's like a dark side pseudo Sith guy. Yeah. He even <sighs> listens to him when he uh, executes the, the two goofy little, uh, what rank are they? 
Can't think of their names. They were on one of the first episodes. They were on the first episode. Like, Ezra tricks them into leaving a stall merchant alone. Oh, um... Y- yes, I well one of them wasn't one of them uh, with the academy, and the other one was like yes. a lieutenant or something yes. like that. Yes, yeah, that's the great the gray yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just straight yeah. up has Grand Inquisitor execute them. Yeah, and and, and again we 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 had talked. I'm glad you brought that up because we have talked about the violence of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. definitely some violent stuff in this show too. Yes, you know. Yes, there is, and it really just scales up from here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so largely the big premise for the Ghost Crew in this episode is they they are looking to broadcast a message, mm-hmm. kind of bumming off of the idea of Ezra's parents broadcasting these these messages of hope, right. And they also think that they're they're pretty good here. That you know maybe maybe they have surprise on their side. However, again, they didn't anticipate Tarkin, and Tarkin does anticipate their plan. And this is to go to was it like a broadcast tower and mm-hmm. spike it chopper? You know, because yeah. spiking it requires a literal spike in this right. <laughs> This 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 context. Um, Ezra is able to send out a message. However, Kanan is captured, and the tower is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to episode fourteen: Rebel Resolve. This is where we start to you know really get into the, I don't want to say the bad side, but the other side of a, of a rebellion, mm-hmm. a small rebellion. Yeah. The ghost is being told by Fulcrum to go into hiding. And whereas the crew is trying to find Kanan, and Hera is kind of left with the sort of difficult task to tell them that we have to leave Kanan and, you know, it's it's obvious from the beginning that her and Kanan have a relationship. Right. But it's not necessarily made outwardly obvious until later. Yeah. Yeah. And for her to make that call is is a big deal. It's a big deal. You're talking about love of your life type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, as we move along here, Ezra does devise a plan to rescue Kanan. They are able to find where Kanan is. Uh, we also kind of get a little bit more with Visago, uh, you know, to kind of do him a favor that I'll repay later. Of course, that yeah. won't come back and bite you or anything like that. And we also have sort of a tidbit with Kanan basically being tortured by the Inquisitor. For information, Chopper disguises himself as an Imperial courier droid. A lot Gets of fun all painted there. Painted up, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, not really great paint, but whatever. Come on, Sabine. You can do better. A little bit. Uh, let's see here. But ag- again, they do disguise Chopper to gain information to you know help help them actually find Kanan, which they are able to they are able to get. And we sort of end the episode with the realization that Tarkin plans to bring Kanan to Mustafar. Mm-hmm. And Hera has this line, you know, basically this is where Jedi go to die. Mm-hmm. And of course we know that Mustafar is Vader's domain, which makes a lot of sense. You would take a Jedi to Vader, yeah. right? Right. Vader would totally just kill all of them. Right. There's <laughs> In no normal circumstances. Back from that. In normal circumstances, they would just all be dead. <laughs> right. But there again, uh, somehow we are able to get the Inquisitors out of it, so. Yeah, I guess. I guess he has his fun, see who he can turn. True, true, true. So as we move on to episode 15, our final episode of this season, Fire Across the Galaxy, we at this point get our rescue attempt and a return to our TIE fighter, which yeah. is now all painted, painted to look, you know, the all crazy Mandalorian painting. Uh, Clearly so Chopper's paint job was what was left over from doing this paint job. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I got some of this left, so I guess that'll do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is what it is. That would... <laughs> That would be an interesting ship if they were just gonna like use it to to like attack. It's like, what's what's that thing? I mean, it's all is that a tie? That's a tie, sir. <laughs> Are you sure it's all painted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the screeching noise of it flying across the galaxy is slightly higher pitched just because of the paint, just more feminine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I do kind of move move a little bit here because th- this episode does get really epic, mm-hmm. uh, epic really fast, uh, yep. and, and gives a really kind of crazy resolution to this, which isn't truly resolute, but we'll talk about that. So anyway, they are able to get on to Tarkin's Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Ezra is able to free Kanan. And upon their attempt to escape, they're ambushed by the Inquisitor, the Inquisitor in the engine room. Ezra falls, and I guess Kanan maybe thinks that he's dead. Maybe. Yeah, even though there's like a there's a panning view later, it's like clearly he could just look down and saw him, but that's fine. Yeah, doesn't, I mean, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know, it gives him enough to. Oh yeah, well it looks. Looks like I don't have to worry about the kid anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you now. So now I have no fears. It's like where you talk where you're talking about fear was like fear of always having him or fear of losing him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kanan is actually able to best the Inquisitor. Yes. So first of all, when they're when they first meet, I don't remember what form he was using, but it's like, well, you favor form whatever, like ridiculously. I think it was, I think it was like three. Yeah. And now Kanan is actually able to defeat the Inquisitor, mm-hmm. really exploiting one of the stupidest parts of that dumb 
spinny lightsaber. You know, yeah. the giant gap. Yeah, right in the middle. <laughs> I love how that, I mean, let's be honest, when they do that, it like slows down, slow motion stuff. It's like, this is super cheesy. It it did feel a little cheesy. I understand why they did it because they really want well, to. Well, it makes sense. They want sense, you to show. It just, it just showcases how stupid the lightsaber design is. Yeah, I've always thought they were dumb. I mean, obviously later on we we, I guess, show that they can help them fly like a helicopter. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, dude. It's a little bit whatever. It's fine. Well, the logistics of the saber make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's true. Well, the Inquisitor falls really by choice mm-hmm. to his death. As After the, saying something quite ominous. Quite like, ominous. Like what? Like, what did he say? Death like, is only the beginning? No, it's like something. No, that was the mummy. Death. There are things worse than death, something like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you started here. It's just the beginning. What we we do see him. What was the comic that we we saw? Was it the Vader comic series? Uh, yes, I believe so. He's like a spirit of some yeah, kind. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. His his spirit is basically still enslaved. Yeah. We. I mean, we. Well, I, you know, God Rebels isn't new. We see him later in the series mm-hmm. as well, um, in the garb of a temple guard. So he does come up a few different times throughout the the history of lore. So he's not truly gone, gone, but the the character in and of itself is gone at this point. Well, guess what? Ezra's alive. <laughs> and they're able to escape. Yay! Um, the last part here is an awesome reveal. The rebels are, well, they they do meet up with Senator Organa and Fulcrum, who is revealed to be none other than Ahsoka Tano. And then we also get, yeah, and then we also get the reveal of Darth Vader. Yeah. Because Tarkin's not happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he brings out the big dog. What did you think about sort of the Vader redesign? Like the helmet and everything. Oh, man, there are a lot of people that hated that. But truthfully, honestly, for a cartoon, I actually enjoyed it to an extent. I thought it looked scarier. Yeah, it did. Everything's thinner in Rebels. So it's not surprising to me that the helmet's just a little more slim line, like the lightsabers and everything else. So it, it fits with the art style. And yeah, it's creepy. It's just super creepy. Right. Yeah, that that was... Yeah. And obviously, spoiler territory, but we get into the final fight between Ahsoka and Vader, and we get that part where she cuts a part of the helmet off. That's super creepy. It's Uh, awesome. Yeah, (laughs) true. It is definitely getting later. We didn't really talk about the thin sabers. What what were your feelings on that? Because me personally, I guess I didn't really hate it, but I actually like fatter sabers. You do like them? No, I like fat sabers, like big beams of light. I think it looks cooler yeah. visually. I don't know. It it depends on the context. Like, I feel like Clone Wars sabers were a little bit better, truthfully. I would agree. What I don't like about it, it's not that it's a thin saber, it's the tip. 
I don't like how just pointed the, the tip. I don't like how point. I know I couldn't get in. I couldn't say that without, you know, just inviting <laughs> that in. But seriously, how it's like a needle. Like it's too yeah. pointed. I don't like how pointed it is. Sabers have a rounded end. I mean, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was a strange design, well, and it's the way they showcase it, right? Like there's so many battles where, oh, I've disarmed you. I'm just gonna, you know, go ahead and put my saber right by your neck. They showcase it on purpose, and I just it it just feels off for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, and then what 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 were your thoughts on the reveal of of Ahsoka? I mean, we we kind well, of already knew if you read the Ahsoka book first or whatever. Right, but right, right. It's you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I mean. We had kind of, I had already had my suspicions at the point where they start showing the hooded figure as Fulcrum. It's like, that's a Jedi robe. It's definitely a Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's left? Let's just, let's just do a mental breakdown. Who's left? Logistically, (laughs) who would it be? (laughs) True. No, I I thought it, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, getting her in here was, was a good choice. Mm -hmm. Continuing the storyline was a good choice. Um, she's she's a character that that grows on you. Yes, and I I think uh, her contributions to this show were were great. Personally, yes. I think they, they were, were great. very appreciated. We get more into the gray Jedi stuff with her. The sabers are awesome. The final. Oh, fight there he with- goes again with those gray Jedi. <sighs> Qui-Gon Jinn was a great... No, okay. Great Jedi <laughs> don't exist. Well, I guess you could just argue that true Jedi exist, not gray Jedi, but, you know, that's a topic for another day. But, you know, the, your final fight with Vader, everything, her bond with Ezra, everything about Ahsoka in this show is awesome. I love it. Yeah, no doubt. She, I mean, she's epic. We all know that. Yeah. Um. But really, I mean that that reveal of Vader. It's like I I think that that's when it just gets real. Because again, in the in the early parts of this, we have those development episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And I I wonder how people took those as they were coming out, because I, I think when you view the series as a whole, sometimes things look different. And those right, right. those coming are very out week important. to week, waiting for it would be so much different. Right, but but they are very important to the whole story, mm-hmm. and um, you know now we're really getting into the fire more of you know actually fighting this this rebellion, uh, and we've kind of developed our folks. We we figured yeah. out their closeness factor, and I and I I think that that was a really good really good thing to get out of the way. Yes, I agree. Um, so yeah, sets I, up I for know. an epic second season too. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I think this show only gets better as it goes along, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, it's my favorite. But so l- let's let's do a couple of things here. So favorite episode of the season? I think you you were sticking with um, uh, episode ten. Which yeah, the pa- was Path of the Jedi. Path of Jedi. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean that was pretty sick. And truthfully, the only reason I pick that is because I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out to go with finales, in a way. 
because yeah. the finale is amazing in it too, and so is the opening two-part episodes. They're they're great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, as a single episode, yeah, that probably was the best one. I think that the three-part ending was very good. Yes. Um, Kanan's sort of standoff uh, and capture and all the things they had to go through to get him back. You know, I, I think it really does invest you in the characters. And, and this, is, this is part of the problem that I've had with other mediums where we just keep throwing characters and characters and we don't spend the time to really develop them all that yeah. much. And that was, I mean, that was a little bit of a complaint with Mandalorian where mm-hmm. we just burn through characters and, and maybe they come back, maybe they don't. Sometimes you give them an epic moment like Bill Burr's character. And then sometimes you don't. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was nothing forced on here. It was just good writing. You know, it was, it was just overall a well, well-written first season. So, yeah. What other thoughts do we have on, on Rebels season one? <sighs> what about the art style? You, you kind of you think a little bit more about that than I do. What, what about the art style? Well, coming off of Resistance anything's an improvement in my opinion, but (laughs) I do enjoy the art style quite a bit. They really focused, you know, Clone Wars was an okay art style. I thought that some things like Obi-Wan's beard and things of that nature were kind of odd in Clone Wars, but for the most part, it was good. Resistance, I just didn't like the art style at all, but when it comes to Rebels, I felt like they really focused and used the art style to make every single character have a personality without even looking at them. Mm-hmm. You know, even down to the clothes they wore, they really put a lot of time in it, especially characters like Sabine. Uh, I I think Sabine's probably one of my favorite characters in the entire show. And there's so much effort put into her character, all of her art pieces and right. e- even down to just hair color and whatnot. But Ezra's, I like the design of Ezra um, Hera's awesome. The eyes, for some reason, of these characters just really stand out to me quite a bit, especially yeah. especially Hera. Yeah, the the art style was obviously very different from Clone Wars, and as different than you know Re- uh, Resistance was from all mm-hmm. all the other two. Um, I I do prefer it. Obviously, we have some uh, minor discrepancies with just the um the sabers and yeah, you know, the, the, <laughs> you talk about tight fitting clothes, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Looks, looks like your body's contorting at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that they did, they did a lot, a lot of attention. I think it was a good move. Mm-hmm. The ships also, uh, the mm-hmm. tie fighters were really well done. I thought speeder bikes are pretty cool in it as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it it felt good. It definitely it definitely was a good a good feeling uh, art style. Man, but those I mean, Lou again, make you hungry. That <laughs> <was> so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> but um, yeah, we do get more of Sabine as we go along. I felt that it was very Ezra heavy, obviously, and it was very um, uh, Zeb heavy at times. Mm-hmm. 
obviously Kanan, but S- Sabine does she does get some some arcs, which yeah. I think were definitely warranted because I it, at least you know just as a minor feeling I do kind of feel like you know at times they put her in the background a bit mm-hmm. for the for the most part, but we learn a lot more about her as as we go along, which which I'm appreciative of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else, man? What else we got? Uh, music. How do you like the theme? How do you like the music in this? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that I've really had a any Star Wars music that I don't like. Yeah, I, I don't think I really notice much in the way of music in Resistance. Um, and I thought Solo could have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, musically. Yeah, you definitely um, have your standouts more like Rogue One and Solo just kind of falls well, in the yeah, background. Right. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think that... Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really have... Um, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on that right at this very second because it's not really coming to my mind. But I, I do remember in, in certain certain parts of the series in general, I remember the music being very impactful, though. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think it's one of those things that Star Wars usually does music pretty well in general. So they do. I felt like, you know, obviously we've watched this show quite a few times. I feel like compared to um, a few other seasons, the music was a little bit flat for me on sure. season one. I mean, obviously, we don't really have much of an intro, and what we do have is kind of just spliced together from other scores, I feel like. So music was a bit of a letdown for me in this one, but it does get better if my memory serves me correctly as we go along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I there are parts of the series that I remember the music being more impactful. So yeah, I, I yeah. guess I probably have to agree with you because I, ca- I can't really bring bring much to mind. You know, I, they I have think the that's little the point. I think that's the point because usually you can. Right. Well, I mean, when like Kanan and Ezra feel each other through the force, you get the little yeah, you know that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Little 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 violin going there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars. The music is is pretty synonymous, right. so I wouldn't. Uh, well, but what about the theme song? What do you think about the Rebels theme song, though? You mean just like the quick little intro thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a bit generic. Again, I feel like it's it's like you just cobble together a few other things in the universe and you just make a theme song out of it instead of creating your own thing. It wasn't personally my favorite, but may, okay. honestly, we could be thinking about other things. For me, it's just like when the Rebels logo flashes real quick, it's like a three-second blurb and then it goes back to the show. That's what we're talking about, right? Well, yeah, I mean there is a theme, but I, I know that uh, they do, uh, they they do have it cut down. But yeah, I mean I, I guess I would have to listen to the full theme again because I haven't heard it in a long time. No, I'm I'm with you, and is that a danger we kind of get into with the whole binge watching Disney Plus thing? As far as like skipping the intros and not really focusing yeah. is, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if we plan this out like weeks ahead and like watched one episode per night, I feel like it, in a way we might digest it a bit better instead of going back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Get to that mm-hmm. point where it's like, all right, you're starting to get tired, or you'd rather be doing something else, so you're not you're not digesting it quite the same way. Sure. No, but I, I, I will say probably the best example of of musical score probably for me, you know, kind of is Rogue One. I just yes. think they they clicked on a lot of uh, different cylinders. Well, the emotion in it, yeah, it yeah. really it really lends to the emotion of the film. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to beat the originals, obviously. Sure. But there was something special about Ro- uh, well, I mean our theme music for this uh right. <laughs> for this podcast is based upon you know the the person who did that for us it was based upon the um Rogue One music. So mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty epic. Um but anyway, I think that this is a good start to a series and and obviously as we go along we'll, we'll integrate more rebels in and we'll talk about it more but we have a lot we have a lot on the docket a lot of different things and then um here before we know it we'll be chatting up uh bad batch that's right they'll kind of consume us for quite a while excuse me darth is sleepy (laughs) yeah that that will that will end up consuming us for quite a while it'll be like mandalorian to an extent shorter well shorter episodes but yeah definitely take up a lot of time I'm sure once we're done with that, we're going to get back into Rebels again. I'm excited to do our final thoughts on season four. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. And um, again, we should have all this finished up before Ahsoka. But yeah, and hopefully by then we might have some info on a potential season five, or at least wrapping up and explaining some things. (laughs) Well, like I said, I mean, I I kind of I kind of get the impression that. That the Ahsoka series is season five, effectively. Yeah. I still do hold out a little bit of hope, though, that we'll get a Clone Wars-esque finale where we'll just wait a few years and finally get back to it. But it would make sense if Ahsoka finishes all that. Yeah, but then what is the Ahsoka series supposed to be about? You know, Ahsoka's done a lot of awesome things, and I'm sure there's stories to tell, but true, I think her time with... The Rebels cast is probably the most memorable, truthfully, other than Clone Wars era. Well, I, I just, I, I'll be honest, I think it would be a mistake to go do live action and then try and do animated afterwards. I think you do one or the other. You keep the medium in one or the other. Yeah. Well, and the problem is if we get into like adding Sabim into it and if we wanted to go back to the animated and add Ahsoka back in, it would just be kind of an awkward transition. You're right. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, as far as Sabine goes, um, you had a very successful Bo-Katan. Yes. I am, I am very hopeful for Sabine. I think they're going to do an amazing job. There's no reason they can't. They've already done Mandalorians right. There's no reason they can't do it again. Yeah. So I think as long as they stick to it, stick to the formula... The, you know, again, you you could have an awesome Sabine, and yeah. and I and I think that you would that would that would dude that would probably blow people's minds to see a live action Sabine Wren. Yeah, uh, you know, continue. Well, I mean, I, I think people would go nuts for that. 
Um, Imagine just the opening scene where she's first revealed. She picks up the dark saber, looks at it, and just kind of tosses it aside, Luke style. <laughs> yeah, I, I gosh, I I am kind of afraid for for the Ahsoka series. I kind of wonder if that's if that's almost too nerdy. But people bought into the Mandalorian, and he I feel was like carrying around the little Yoda fairly, the whole time. I feel like everything with Ahsoka is fairly nerdy. I mean, you had to have paid some attention to other than the movies to know who she is. So I don't yeah. feel like that's too nerdy. No, I'm you, just talking you about to put like seven season into Clone Wars. You should have put some time into Rebels. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just I'm just talking about like continuing that arc, you know, because then you're gonna have to. Well, you got Thrawn to deal with. That's well, the problem. Well, I mean, there's potentially. Thrawn, there's Sabine, there's potentially Ezra, and um, I don't know, man. I mean, potentially Inquisitors. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I I don't know that the Inquisitors would be all. Well, I don't know, but man, I, Ahsoka was so well done. I I don't know, man. I I, I really I really don't. I think it could be done. I just I don't know. I don't know because people, in order to be invested, Mandalorian you you had no buy-in in. You didn't have to know right. much to watch Mandalorian. You would have to know some stuff to watch, uh, you know, effectively Ahsoka season five Rebels sort of True. live action. But I you maybe it's for the fans, man. Well, the real. I, ones. I was gonna say I don't want to say I don't like saying for the fans, but like. You don't have to hold a Star Wars fan's hand. I mean, we are... I would like to think a decent amount of us are good at knowing most of the lore, at least to an extent. I can't think of any Star Wars fan that I know that doesn't know about Ahsoka, to some extent. Might not be their favorite. Sure. if you know about Ahsoka, more than likely I can talk to you about Rebels. Yeah, it, it, but it always becomes a casual fan who who just mainly watched Mandalorian, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, what what's all this stuff? Why 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 why? Look, you get into all these shows that are about to come out, you can't treat them like Mandalorian. You can't do that with Obi Wan. You cannot do that with Obi Wan. So well, I don't I, feel I'm, like you should with Ahsoka either. I'm aware, but the the issue again. Disney is trying to appeal to a mass audience, you know? Yeah. Very true. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series does wind up being good. I, like I said, there's not been a, there's been more speculation, but it's not necessarily anything concrete at this time, mm-hmm. but um, we'll get there just like with everything. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think we've yacked about enough here, and unless you had any parting thoughts or no, I think we've pretty much covered everything. All right, well, folks, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, you know, get out and watch Rebels, man. Finish that up if you haven't already. You know, for your nutballs like us who didn't watch Resistance for like years <laughs> and years, there's a it's difference. Fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, Rebels is awesome. We were glad to talk about it here a little bit. Yes. Um. But yeah, just to start wrapping up, make sure you're following us on the social media at TC Plan Podcast on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Go ahead and like that page. 
If you have any uh, thoughts or theories, just pop an email over to us, uh, tcplanpodcast@gmail.com. And if you're crazy and you want to like support us, we do have a Patreon, and all that stuff is down in the links and writing down below wherever you're listening to this. And also, you know, be a big help that you know if you're listening to this on like Apple, I you know whatever podcast or whatever, leave us a review. You know, let us know how, how we're doing in the little review. I mean, you know, make sure it's like five stars and then, you know, be nice. But yeah, yeah. You know, as we used to say, we haven't said it in a while. You know, leave the negative comments. Uh, yeah, YouTube. YouTube. We're there too. YouTube land. <laughs> no doubt. So anyway, guys, you guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you.